0: Hmm,
1: that's weird. That's weird. You're kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's
0: crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy! Isn't that weird? That's weird, man.
1: It's strange.
0: What's up campers? Welcome back to episode 173 of Camp Strange. I'm your Camp Counselor, Alex Tobin.
1: And I'm your other camp counselor, Trout Fishman.
0: And uh, before we get into our longer stories today, we gotta catch you up. On any of the news you may have missed this last these last two weeks, and David, I got some news for you because right here, oh God, why do we... Oh, mm, we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange <laughs> in missing. Oh, I I can I can't get that right anymore. I can't get it right anymore. Yeah, you really botched it. But before we do it, we got to catch up on any of the weird news you may have So Here we go, oh, David. I got a thing for you. Okay, couple reportedly beheaded themselves and sacrificed with homemade guillotine
1: whoa <laughs> now that's true love
0: so um this was in india new delhi um and it was a so here's here's something i found out human sacrifice pretty big in india I wouldn't say okay. pretty big, but um, it is re- bigger
1: than you would think.
0: Yeah, it's reported okay. that um, there were 100 reported cases between 2014 and 2021. But it's also okay. it's also because um, they're god sacrifices, and I don't know much about Indian culture, but I do know they got some god, they got a lot of gods over there. Yeah, so I know one of them just gotta. Little taste for blood, because uh, this couple, they, uh, thirty eight and thirty five. I can't. I won't say their names because I'm just gonna butcher them. Ooh, uh, no pun intended.
1: Uh, ooh, D-
0: ooh. <laughs> I'm pulling on my collar. <laughs> um, but so they, uh, they said the couple first prepared a fire altar before putting their heads under a guillotine-like mechanism held by a rope. And it says, as soon as they released the rope, an iron blade fell on them, get this, severing their heads, I think they did it at the same time, but it severed their heads, which rolled into the fire. Yikes. Talk about a double tap. No, they say that fire is considered sacred in Hinduism and plays a significant role in uh, several worship rituals. But uh, yeah, they, they they killed they cut their own heads off as a sacrifice. It was a sacrificial ritual, and I guess it's less common for people to kill themselves for a sacrificial ritual. But I think yeah, typically. Well, if you're doing it in the first place, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're sound of mind. But oh, yeah, apparently they've been like arresting people for like just straight up trying to murder other people. Okay. Do you get like a, a lesser sentence if someone if like you get caught trying to murder somebody and they're like it was for a sacrificial ritual, or instead of being like I he he fucked my wife, maybe I don't know. I mean, once
1: you get religion involved,
0: things get a little hairy. Exactly, and I mean, maybe you could also like plead insanity, but I don't even know if that's insane yeah. because like that's a taught in church? I don't know. Like It's church. It's fucking called church over there. I don't
1: know what it's <laughs> called.
0: Jesus. <laughs> Worship? It's like synagogue. Yeah, it's Jewish churches. Catholic Christian. I don't know Indian. I don't know Hinduism. No, I don't either. Hinduism. Um, but I just thought it was such a crazy thing. way to, Because people always talk about that. Where they go like, I feel like guillotine is like the one... One way to die that people are like that's kind of cool still, right? pretty cool.
1: But boy, that would have sucked if they tried to cut their heads off at the same time and it like failed and like,
0: oh yeah, you know, you're fatally, stuck there.
1: Fatally hit them, but like
0: didn't kill immediately. Because the problem is, if you put your, I'm thinking of a traditional. This was a guillotine like mechanism, so I don't know what their 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 setup looked like. Uh, but yeah. if I'm picturing like a traditional french style guillotine you put your head in the yeah. in the wood thing and then if yeah. that blade comes down you can't get your head back out of that wood thing if it doesn't go all the way no. through correct
1: no it's like a little handcuff
0: yeah then you gotta you just got a thing in the back here neck. you gotta hope somebody get the you know they gotta do the old foot on the back of the shovel type trick on you exactly <laughs> so, have you seen the movie um i think it was called clown it was like an eli roth produced movie no, but I just I thought of it because there's a it's about a guy who literally cuts his finger on like a trunk full of clown costume shit, and he slowly starts becoming a clown. It's actually kind of scary cool. yeah, it's pretty cool, but he tries to kill himself uh spoiler not really I think it was in the trailer by making a mechanism where he tilts back in his chair and he put two circular saws like on the floor in um, like a mechanism so like the blades are spinning so like when he falls back his neck will fall right in between both circular saws and cut his head off and i was like and i'm gonna
1: and i'm gonna guess his rainbow afro clogged the clogged the uh <laughs> the saws and it didn't kill him
0: i forgot what happened It's it's been years since i've seen that movie but yeah. um i mean i don't think his hair got caught in it but something did happen i don't think he died in that moment but I just thought I was like, well, that's a pretty pretty good modern guillotine we got going. His,
1: his little bottle of carbonated water was on his back and it sprayed and it launched him forward away from the blades. <laughs>
0: How come that little bottle of carbonated water always looks so tasty? I wanted to take oh. it. Pour me glass. Stop wasting it on your clown friend. Forget the glass. Shoot I'm just that Open my...
1: up and you spray it at
0: me. Fire extinguisher my mouth with that fucking thing. Yeah, it's... he tried.
1: He tried to lean back, but his clown shoes got cut in the caught in the table in front of him. He didn't fall all the way back.
0: Honestly, that could have been something like that. That would <laughs> like that might be happening in the movie, but at the same time. um yeah i forgot what i was gonna say about this clown. now i'm thinking about those clown shoes but um yeah it, it's it's pretty uh it's a pretty good modern day uh guillotine mechanism and i don't know I just I'm trying to look for that that next engineer to get that grant Come on, we need a new guillotine, guys. Come on, looking never for like...
1: have enough. I'm talking lasers. I've... Get me some lasers involved.
0: <laughs> I feel like Pepsi. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say, but I feel like Pepsi gave out money to like a kid who like redesigned an aerodynamic bus. But like, I feel like Coke should be like giving money out to the kid who invents the new guillotine.
1: The new death trap,
0: yeah. But I, what I was gonna say about clones, I remember what I was gonna say. Uh, how come all their props look so tasty? They use seltzer water and pies. Those are two of my f- true. favorite things. To and eat. then they
1: they pull all them ribbons out of their mouth.
0: I love a ribbon, ribbon,
1: endless ribbons,
0: delicious. Uh, like a fruit roll up, exactly. It's great. It's so good. Anyway, um, yeah. So they're dead. Their heads rolled into fires. I was gonna say. Woo! I was gonna say it's it's kind of like nice because like they made sure they're dead but if like your head rolls into a fire you're pretty dead
1: yeah there's no
0: they can't sew that back on they couldn't even enjoy like the 30 seconds of blinking oh they enjoyed 30 seconds of fire yeah that's i mean at least they got to see what the inside of fire looks like that's pretty cool not many people get to see that yeah so don't you probably shouldn't don't you yeah don't recommend it anyway david you got a story
1: Boy, I got a story for you, man. You're going to love this. Man caught performing sexual acts in an alley on a on a seagull. Uh,
0: how would he catch it?
1: They don't say how he caught it. They just have video footage of him from CCTV. Oh. <laughs> and he's at a back alley at 1 a.m. And he is watching porn on his phone and having sex with a seagull. No way yeah
0: he had to watch porn on his phone yeah i know right That's he had Siegel. the seal embarrassing that, for the Siegel. it's so humiliating. humiliating he didn't even want to be there
1: <laughs> it says uh at, this, when he was done it says he pulls up his trousers and gives a kick to the bird he picks up his oh phone and starts God. to walk off
0: this is what this is what zero <laughs> does to a motherfucker <laughs>
1: You want I'm, I'm going to get let you take a swing here. Oh. Where do you think this took place? Oh,
0: that's definitely Hermosa Beach. <clears throat> Wrong. Newport Beach. Wrong. It's it's near the sea, Louisiana. Wrong. Uh, Texas. Wrong. Uh, Florida. <laughs> Wrong. Really? Uh, yeah, glows. Uh, uh, Where is it? Uh, in England. Oh, they got seagulls. Yeah. England. Yep interesting um uh yeah I, I
1: i saw it i'm trying to figure out i saw where it was and i lost exactly where it is i know it's in england
0: where did he put it i think it was manchester where, where did manchester's
1: he... in england isn't it yeah manchester you okay, know look like i just goofed that one no well
0: you didn't hear my question oh where'd he put it
1: so that's one of the stranger things.
0: <laughs> that's what that show's about.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> it says that he appeared to masturbate with the bird close to his groin. <laughs> so he was just he was just going to town on himself and holding a seagull to it. What? Oh. What? I don't know.
0: That's like, do you think a bit mm.
1: peckish, huh?
0: Oh, a little foul. Get it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, a uh, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I mean, yeah. the, I have to tell you something. Uh, seagulls do have rights because yeah. there was a kid at my high school that put like Alka-Seltzer, um, tablets in like food and then threw it to the seagulls and they ate it. And I guess birds can't fart. So when they get gas build up,
1: they explode.
0: Yes, and that's what was yeah. happening. I wasn't at the school. I was I was an 8th grader and it it was, you know, it was happening at the high school like next to us and it became like a thing and the kid had to like pay a bunch of money and like a, like pita, or like animal whatever got involved and yeah, protective services. So you can't I don't know. That's kind of like a Weinsteiny kind of thing. Yeah, he made the seagull walk. Sicko.
1: Guess what his name is?
0: John Seagull. David Lee, 40 years old. 40, you can't that's like 23-year-old behavior. You can't be 40 yeah. doing that. Yeah. Oh my god, imagine like kid, there's some crimes where, some, where you're like, ah, I'm humiliated. They're like, they caught me for murder. I murdered that guy for sure. I robbed that bank. Not a good look. Uh, even like I stole groceries or like I stole money. I held up an old lady and I took, like, that's probably the most humiliating, like, normal crime. But then you get yeah. this crime. How do you even, like, explain this
1: to anybody? Yeah, you just gotta move, change your name. <laughs> Somewhere where there's no seagulls.
0: I was gonna say probably somewhere where there's gonna be more seagulls. To be honest, yeah. But do you think that's, a vicious cycle? Do you think that's a, a kink, or do you think that was a he's just an opportunist and he's like, well, I got an audience. Take a closer I mean, look.
1: If I had to guess, the guy was blacked out, drunk. He has no idea what he was doing.
0: Do you think that he got? He's like fed up. Well, I'm tired of getting shit on by pigeons. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna feel uh, what it feel uh, what it's like to get right. He must yeah. have something like that.
1: It had to have been a revenge story. I don't know.
0: Hmm. I can't wait for Disney to get a hold of this. <laughs> It'd be a real good Pixar movie. Uh, the
1: wanker of Manchester.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's good. Um, anyway, so I have another story here as, uh, this was demonic Florida Uber, each driver killed dismembered during delivery run. You get a lot of, my, my stories are a little Yikes. brutal today. Yeah. Might have to do with the animals. But um, this guy, um, this was in... Oh, this is in Florida, of course. Um, yeah. he, he was an Uber Eats driver, and he drove to this guy's house. Um, this guy, Oscar Solis, 30 years old, uh, drove to his house and went to go drop off the food. And he went missing and his wife couldn't get a hold of him they couldn't figure out what happened and they started like interviewing people around the neighborhood and the friends and stuff and they eventually found out that this Uber Eats driver just showed up delivered the food and the guy like pulled him into the door and then just Yikes. robbed he robbed him he like it was a robbery gone wrong i think so he just robbed him and then i don't know what happened he might have fought back and killed him and then they checked like some CCTV and the, the guy they were interviewing wasn't the murderer but he was just like yeah i don't know what happened to that guy and then they checked the cctv and he was bringing out like trash bags to the um, both of the guys the the oh, boy. yeah the the suspect and, and the friend were bringing trash bags out to the trash cans and they opened them and they found him cut up and i was like why would you cut somebody up into pieces just to put them in your trash can right in front of your place yeah I'm not try to tell people what to do Hey, you know what? That's the whole thing,
1: though. It's like, who would do that? Couldn't have been
0: me. Mm. They they look in the, the you you put them in the place they the last place they'll look. You're like the cops show up, it's like their whole body underneath the doormat. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna check there. Um, I do sometimes think about that. If I was if I was on the run from the police, how would I uh, how would I go about that?
1: Yeah. Announce that to everybody.
0: What? For I d- free. Oh, don't. Yeah, I'm not going to tell my strategy. No, I'm strategy. telling you. What would you do? My strategy? Yeah. Okay, here's what I do. I switch my facial hair, okay? Okay. Just- Like upside down? Just just really long sideburns. Mutton chops, if you wish. Yeah. Okay? Classy. I buy a top hat, okay? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Gain about 40, 50 pounds. Easy. Easy. Get a samurai sword. Yeah. And then I find the most beautiful lady in a 30-mile radius that will mm-hmm. run away with me to Mexico. Yeah. She will be my lady. Mm-hmm. And we will start a Funko Pop shop okay. in Mexico City. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good.
1: My, you want to know my escape plan if I'm running from the cops? Yes. One word, hot air balloon.
0: Hmm. You know you Ain't can't. Okay. You know you can't. Ain't gonna st- catch me. You know you can't steer those, right?
1: Exactly. So then, if I don't know where I'm gonna land, how are they gonna know where I'm gonna land?
0: That's a really good point. <laughs> Sam, our buddy Sam, sent me a video when he was in Mexico City. He took a hot air balloon up for like a commercial he was in, and he's there like, he's like, you know how they uh, steer hot air balloons? I was like, no, actually. And he's like, they don't. And he showed me a video. They came. <laughs> Not crashing down. They came down in like somebody's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a kind of a feel. It looked like somebody's like land, but it was like pretty rural land. And they were just like coming down. And there's like, like six or eight foot high like daisy plants, like really big weeds that they're just like kind of crashing down into. And I was like, huh. Yeah. Really- well, I think
1: you can I think you can kind of choose where you land in a hot air balloon.
0: Well, you can choose in terms of like stop putting hot air into the balloon and yeah, it'll come exactly. down, but if you get over that post, you're in Oregon, man. You're already close enough to the water. If you get over that water, you better you better hope that basket can float.
1: I'm a good swimmer.
0: <laughs> get wrapped up in that balloon. You like the dog that went on the on the on the pool cover, and they get all sucked up in it, and it, it, it can't get mm-hmm. out. But the the balloon yep. in the Pacific Ocean.
1: Yeah, I'm friends with many aquatic life. I'll be fine.
0: <laughs> you have another story?
1: I do. Okay. Lamb found in car next to ten thousand pounds, and that's money pounds, not uh-huh. weight pounds, of heroin and cocaine and a bag of chips.
0: What kind of chips?
1: See, that's what I was confused by. Uh, this happened in uh, Gaslow. Glaslo.
0: Glasgow. Glaslow.
1: Glaslow. Glaslow. Scotland? Uh, so I'm not sh- yeah, and I'm not sure if they're saying... Do they call French fries chips?
0: Yes. So, yeah. Oh, shit. French fries. Oh, wait. Oh, I don't know, actually. I assume they do. I no. assume? They bag their no chips idea. up? I mean,
1: you, you get, like... You go to, like, McDonald's, and you get, like, the small one that's in a bag. It's not, like, in that cardboard thing. I right? think,
0: yeah, I think they actually do bag a lot of their chips. I like my chips in a little tray, like a little, um, you know, what they put. Hot the, dog tray? Yeah, like, would they, the na- they put the little tiny nachos in, and you put a fries Oh, in. yeah. That's good.
1: I just like a handful of them. Oh. A hand will do it. Oh. I don't need no container.
0: <laughs> Why are we talking so in depth about fries?
1: I'm just saying. What are your favorite type of fries?
0: <laughs> I'm one of those guys that no one likes. I kind of like the sweet potato fries.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I like them. I just threw up a little bit. I like them. They're good. Sweet.
1: I, I like- if I could remove one item of food in the world, it'd be sweet potatoes.
0: Shut the fuck up. No, I also eat tofu. That's fine. I don't care. Oh, I eat tofu. I thought you were going to. You really like uh, tofu over sweet potato fries? Yeah. Huh. I don't like that you have to so, pay a dollar for them, so sometimes I don't get them out of principle. But I, I like a nice um, – oh, what do I like? I hate steak cut. I hate steak cut fries. Okay. Those are the worst I mean, fries. They're always like them, soggy. I they're,
1: can I can understand when people don't like them.
0: They're always soggy. They're never crispy. I like well, a nice crinkle cut. A crinkle cut's good. The crisp cut? What's a criss – oh, not, not – the crisscross. Yeah, like the – No, crinkle kind of – Like
1: the hashtag-looking ones? No,
0: crinkle cut looks like an like an accordion.
1: Uh no, those ones are always fucking soggy.
0: No, they're not. If you yeah, they are. <laughs> okay, they are yeah, a lot of the are. time. But if you gotta to cook them long <laughs> enough, Shake Shack has crinkle cut.
1: Yeah, and guess what?
0: What? They're soggy. They're good. Chris cut, baby. Chris cuts are good. They're not even called Chris yeah. cut. They're called waffle fries, bitch. I don't give a shit. Chris cut. What I want? You just made up a word. No. no one's ever called them Chris Cut Fries. I
1: think that's what they're called at Carl's <laughs> <You're> Jr. <laughs>
0: Criss Cross and no. Cut Fries.
1: No, dude. That's what they're called at Carl's Jr. Are they?
0: You go to Carl's Jr. Jr. a lot? No. Then how the fuck do you know that? You've been there recently? No. <laughs> Are you just trying to pick a place that I can't reference because I don't go to Carl's Jr.? They call it Hardee's on the East Coast, you know? Yeah, they call it, it Hardee's in Montana. Do you they? don't even have to go that far east. Really? Yeah. Who's Carl and who's his son?
1: Uh, Wait. Carl and his son, uh, Hardon.
0: Is it? <laughs>
1: oh, it's hard. It's Hardon. Hard, hard
0: um. Wait, are you serious?
1: Yeah. Jollibee's has Chris Cut Fries too, and they call it that.
0: Jollibee. I like, You've never been I to like a Bee. Jollibee.
1: I love Jollybees I do. When I lived in L.A., I would drive forty minutes to go
0: to Bee's To Koreatown.
1: Yeah, I think that was the one. I can see it. I don't remember where it was because, you know, I'm like. For those of you mind. who don't
0: know, Jollibee is a Filipino fast food restaurant. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's kind of like if Jack in the Box, like, made. Was good. A, no, I was just going to say made, like, an even more outrageous menu. Like, they have spaghetti on the menu, right? Yeah, they,
1: yeah, they got little spam sliders. Yeah.
0: It's pretty I've never been there but I saw Anthony Bourdain oh. eat a bunch of spaghetti and and he they this he, he, like dessert good. thing it had like purple taro in it and it, They
1: put uh they put uh pineapple slices in your burger
0: A place rules. You approve of that? I love it. You like pineapple on pizza? Yep. Okay. Ham, pineapple. That's fine? No. No. no
1: what? My perfect pizza. Oh, you're making me mad. Making me so my, mad. My perfect pizza is simple. It's just pepperoni, jalapeno, and pineapple.
0: That's a good one. Yep. I do like that one. I do like Easy a nice peasy. I do like a nice sausage and mushroom.
1: Oh, uh, no mushroom hey, for me. Sausage and
0: mushroom pizza.
1: Keep those fucking mushrooms away from me.
0: I used to hate mushrooms. I love mushrooms now.
1: You know what that says about you,
0: huh? Uh what? I love mushrooms? Yeah. Thank you. I like how we didn't even talk about your news story; we talked about fries instead. <laughs> Sometimes it's all you need. Yeah, you we just need a jumping-off point, you know. Sometimes, yeah. there's
1: a, I mean, there's there's literally two sentences to the story, so I mean, this is better than reading it. What
0: was the two sentences?
1: Uh, a lamb has been found in the back of a car oh, alongside, I about roughly, that. <laughs> alongside roughly, alongside uh, roughly ten thousand pounds worth of Class A drugs on Saturday evening, April twenty second. A police dog named Billy sniffed out the drugs, and the lamb who was seen uh, pictured next to the bag of chips has a photo. Oh, tell, tell woolly... us, are they
0: fries or are they chips? You can't see. What the fuck? Uh,
1: the woolly passenger was rescued by Police Scotland around 6 10 p.m. Right. and taken by a farmer, taken in by a farmer. After the crew, or after the car was pulled over on M74 in Glasgow, Glasgow can't say that word. Uh, officers recovered an estimated seven thousand pounds of heroin and three thousand pounds
0: of cocaine. Uh, first off, that was way more than two sentences.
1: <laughs> it was two small paragraphs. The font's really small, so I,
0: I. Well, I appreciate the info, but oh wait,
1: I lied. One more. According to police, <laughs> two men, aged fifty-two and fifty-three, and one woman, aged thirty-eight, were arrested and charged with drug offenses. A search of the car was carried out with assistance from a dog unit. That's all of it.
0: I have three things or two more things to say after that first thing. One, that dog Billy smelled the chips. He didn't smell the drugs.
1: Say Billy in a Scottish accent.
0: Billy. Billy! You're kind of doing Shrek, which is a Scottish accent. Yeah. Billy.
1: I feel like you got to yell in Scottish.
0: Yeah, Billy. Come over here, Billy. See now you sound like
1: you sound like Shrek. Now
0: I sound like Fat Bastard, who is also Mike Myers doing a Scottish accent.
1: Yeah, it's also just Shrek.
0: It is Shrek. Fat Bastard is Shrek. Did we just blow your minds? Maybe. Um. Also, I was gonna say before you said the people was that lamb wasn't rescued. That lamb was fucking confiscated of all of its (laughs) class A drugs, and And then taken to a
1: farmer who's gonna slaughter it. A chippy guy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I think he's, no, do you think he's going to get the, well, I think sheep or lambs. When does a lamb become a sheep? I don't know. Um, A lot of them are used for actual, like, wool over there. I don't. I thought a lamb was a male and a sheep was a female. You know what? I don't know about them at all. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Lamb. (laughs) Lamb (laughs) versus sheep. Now we need answer first goat i know what a goat is don't fucking throw goat in there i know what that is <laughs> lambs are less than 12 months old adult sheep are 12 months and older whoa okay adult yep. females are called ewes e-w-e-s Ew. e-w-e-s adult males are called what david you got this you know this one adult adult male sheep yes you got this it's it's a it's an animal you know. Think about it. Lamb. It's a football team. Ram. Yeah. Nope, it's yeah. Buccaneers. I'm joking. No, it's it's uh <laughs> <laughs> It's Green Bay Packers. <laughs> it's a Packer. No, uh yeah, a ram. I should have known I mean, it makes so much sense, but yeah, I also wouldn't even have thought that. So ewes. No. Ew. 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 Ewes. Ewes. I wanna say that different. It sounds like it's coming out wrong. Anyway. yeah. Anyway, yayway, yayway. Um, cool. I think we're caught up on the news now. And all of our uh, David's a chippy guy, so you know. From yay-way
1: to segue, move it into the fucking stories.
0: Whoa, I love that. Okay, um, and let's just get into it. Um, now, David, as you've probably heard in the news. This is even. I didn't even write an opening paragraph because I'm just talking about it. But as you probably got it, you probably heard in the news as many of you have. um, I live in Los Angeles. I work in the entertainment industry. Of course. As of yesterday, two days ago, there was a writer strike that went into uh, play. Um, We've been we've been waiting for it or hearing about it for the last couple months. We don't know if they were going to strike or or they were going to come to an agreement. And they struck yesterday, which means the show that I'm on is shutting down. But I was thinking and I was like,
1: now you can actually put some fucking effort into this, huh?
0: Fuck you, man. (laughs) (laughs) David literally told me today he gets on the phone and he goes. Uh, oh, man, I freaked out. I thought I lost my story. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, I, I wrote it on this one thing, and I did, wasn't sure if it went over in, like, the hard drive or, like, the, the cloud. And I wasn't sure. The cloud's trying to fuck with me. And he, and he go, oh, man, that would have sucked. And he goes, no, it's was fine. I was probably just going to wing it anyway. I'd probably freeball it. Yeah. So who's fucking? I put effort in. Out of this.
1: every story I've ever done, this would have been the one to free ball. I think.
0: Okay, it's a missing person story. <laughs> <laughs> the details aren't important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was four feet or, or six feet tall. I can't really remember. <laughs> um, <but laughs> red,
1: yeah, red hair, red brown blonde. hair. Who gives
0: a shit? What's his name? Eric or Lou or but it might have been a woman i don't even know <laughs> um so but with all this wga writers guild of america talk you know i was uh i was just thinking i was like any weird writers out there i mean and of course they're all weird we, yeah. we cover we all have
1: severe mental illness uh,
0: and you know if news guys which uh, makes a lot of sense but i do want to uh, be a paid writer so um <laughs> The mental illness is there, and if you are hiring, I will co- show up with a with a pot on my head and a hammer, and I'll bang it all day in front of your building, so you know that I'm mentally ill, and you can hire me. Um, what, David? Don't shake your I head. Mean, was that too close to home, or like was that was I disparaging people by saying that? I thought I chose something pretty. Uh, Pretty tame. I'm not
1: allowed to be around pots and pans anymore. I, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> you
0: shook your head like I said, I was going like, to shit in front of their like place of business. I'm just. Just Again, good old, good old crazy kooky Three Stooges antics to let them know I got the mind of a nineteen twenties guy. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so I thought of any like weird writers, and the first one I came to mind was of course Hunter S. Thompson, who we slightly covered already. Yeah. You know, shootouts with the neighbors. He got cremated and put into a peyote button in a fist and shot up and exploded with fireworks in space or whatever. Um, and he's just kind of a kooky guy, but there's another guy I stumbled upon and he is a prominent writer. Uh Um, what is this your story?
1: No, I've just, I've done a writer before and I hope it's not who you're going to say. What do you mean? You've
0: done a writer before. I did a story on a writer once. Oh, was uh, pretty kooky on this podcast. Yeah. Who was it? Just continue. We'll see. Fuck dude. It better not be. I don't think you did this guy. Okay. I'm going to kill you if you have. He's a sci-fi writer. Oh no! Okay, so first off, you would know this guy's a sci-fi writer. He's like okay, kind of seen as one of the fathers of sci-fi novels. Okay, and uh, he is he is pa- sadly passed away now. But he, I'm going to talk about his slow descent into madness, or maybe not even slow descent. Maybe it's always been there. But today we are going to be talking about one of the fathers of uh, modern day sci-fi, uh, Philip K. Dick.
1: Okay, now. Who are you talking about? Who did Hemingway.
0: Oh, Hemingway. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I I didn't know that because you talked about him crashing his plane in the forest. I think he survived like two plane crashes, then he shot himself in the head. So it's like.
1: He also shot a bunch of Russian submarines with a Tommy gun.
0: Oh, that's right. In his turtleneck. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Jobs only wish he could do that. (laughs) In his turtleneck. But, uh, yeah, Philip K. Dick. So let's get into it. Philip K. Dick was an American science fiction writer who wrote 44 novels and about 121 short stories in his lifetime. His fiction explored uh, varied uh, philosophical and social questions such as the nature of reality, perception, human nature, and identity, and common, fe- commonly featured characters struggling against elements such as alternate realities, illusion, ill. Ilusor- il- Illusory environments, like illusionary environments, illusory environments, uh, monopolistic, I'm not smart enough to even read this, monopolistic corporations, oh, monopolistic, oh, monopolistic corporations.
1: I'm I'm just not going to say anything.
0: (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Monopolistic corporations, drug abuse, authoritarian governments, and altered states of consciousness. Some of his most notable pieces of work consist of, David, you might know some of these. Um, a book called Ubik, Ubik, A Scanner Darkly, Man in the High Castle, Minority Report, um, a book called We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, a.k.a. it was a, 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 adapted into a film called Total Recall. And, of course, his most famous work of all, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which was made into oh, yeah. a movie Blade called Blade Runner. There we go, Blade Runner. So, yeah, I
1: read that one once. I didn't know what the fuck was going on.
0: Really? I, I okay. This is what <laughs> it's I a short. It's like a short story. Is it short? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I should check it, check it out. But I haven't read any of his stuff. I do actually really want to read his stuff now after doing some research on him. But I've I've well, the confession to make. I've never seen Blade Runner.
1: Oh, the the old one's great. The new one looked good, but I fell asleep. Okay. Well, I, what... I've been I've been uh, rewatching
0: uh, the Alien franchise recently. Oh, you know we love that one. Was it Alien Requiem? Yeah, the one where they <laughs> kill Alien the kid. Preda-
1: Alien versus Predator Requiem the is first, the wildest movie. The
0: first death in that movie is a child, and they just like commit. They already tell you like uh, like everything is off limits here, or everything's limits. Or, and they and, and
1: they go. It it gets darker than that. Yeah, newborns. Oh my god, they nu- the newborns. F- no, the the alien ate all the babies in the fucking delivery room. Okay,
0: well they didn't. It was in the NICU, I believe. Um, and if the alien the alien walks in there and gives its old little rattle, and after yeah. it gives the rattle, we don't see what happens to those babies crying in the NICU. But if the ba- if the alien didn't eat those babies, they just nuke the whole town.
1: No, the alien definitely ate the babies because the nurse goes in there and she like starts screaming. Oh, that just could be because there's an alien in there. No, the alien is gone. But what I was going with was that uh it's it's like been proven that uh alien is in the same universe as Blade Runner. Really? Yeah. Because also, Ridley
0: Scott did the second Blade Runner.
1: Well, not just that, but um there's like the same companies are in it.
0: But oh stuff like that. But in the first one Or the second one. I think the first one was made in 82. I don't know when Alien was made.
1: I think it was 86.
0: Because Ridley Scott did Alien, and then James Cameron did Aliens, the sequel, which is awesome. Maybe even better. They're different movies. First one's a horror film. Second one's an action film. But I think Ridley Scott did direct the second Blade Runner, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Let me see. Sorry, this but is... But
1: where I was also going with this is that James Cameron has put references of oh, Alien... Oh, Deni-
0: Dennis Villanueva, the guy who did Dune. Yeah. I didn't know he directed that. Okay, anyway, sorry.
1: But what I was going with is that James Cameron did Alien 2, and... Aliens. There are tons of references in Avatar. Oh. Which, if they bring the Xenomorphs into Avatar...
0: Dude, why would they do that? Because they're both aliens. Yeah, but that would take a huge turn. And Harrison Ford comes
1: in and fucking kills all of them. And at the end, he's like, I'm a robot.
0: They're making the the aliens' cinematic universe? The aliens' cinematic universe.
1: And Arnold's there.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. And Adrian Brody. Oh, yeah. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. I think he died. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but we need to get back to this. We only got to the first paragraph. So <laughs> let's get back into it. I have not seen Blade Runner. I've seen Minority Report. I've seen Total Recall. I've seen A Scanner Darkly. But I have not seen that. And I really want to watch Yo, it. Yeah, I remember
1: the three boobs in Total Recall. That was <laughs>
0: the best part. Yeah, it was. Um, no, the best part is when he, when it, when he uh, gets on the surface of Mars and his eyes bulge out of his head.
1: Yeah, that's also a good one. Also, the guy blows up.
0: And also when he pulls the, the metal ball out of his nose. <clears throat> Fucking crazy. It's been a while since
1: I watched that, that movie. That movie's they wild. Were... They tried to re- remake it or...
0: Colin farrell. colin farrell i never watched was it a remake it. or was it a continuation i don't know it was it was called total recall so i don't really all right we're getting we're getting back on track yeah anyway so be- <laughs> but before he became an icon in the world of science fiction he was first one of two twins born six weeks premature in chicago illinois philip and his twin sister jane were born december 16th 1928 to parents dorothy and joseph Sadly, about 6 weeks after their birth, Philip's sister Jane passed away, which left a lasting mark on the sci-fi author throughout his life. He would constantly have something in like a lot of his books called like a phantom twin or something like that, where it's like uh like a like a I don't know if it was a twin that died, but it was like a connection with like a sibling. And I was like, it's kind of sad, you know, it's kind, kind of like a,
1: like a phantom pain. Yeah.
0: Something like that. I don't know when you, like
1: when you lose your arm and you can like still feel pain in like your hand. Yeah. That's not there. And
0: I don't know exactly what it consisted of. Cause I, like I said, I haven't read his books, but, um, it said that that was something that like a reoccurring element of some of his books. I mean, he wrote 44 novels and like 120 short stories. So it's like yeah. some, it probably popped up in a couple. So, Philip would face more issues as a child as his father was forced to move from state to state, often due to his job in the Department of Agriculture. After moving to California for a few years from Illinois... Uh, joseph was forced to move to nevada which is why dorothy was against resulting in a divorce and nasty custody battle for, battle for philip philip and ended, ended up staying with his mother and attending high school and college in berkeley california so he went to berkeley high and then i think he went to uh, uh uc berkeley after that which is kind of interesting um So, during his adolescence, Philip began to suffer from strange happenings in his mind. Uh, Philip claimed on numerous occasions that a disembodied voice would pop up now and again to guide him through crucial moments in his life. He called it RUA, R-U-A-H, meaning the Spirit of God, and it first began speaking to him in high school when he was stuck on a physics exam, which he says he aced with the voice's help the voice would Damn, reappear i could have used that fucker <laughs> hey can i get a rua motherfucker <laughs> um everybody i don't want to see any notes on your hands no calculators out and if rua talks to you you block him out no, no rua zone no rua if he tells you that 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 people are unworthy to be in, in next to you and their infidels <laughs> do not listen to rua do not if listen. Rua tells
1: you to use your chair and pens as a weapon. Do not listen to him. <laughs>
0: listen, to Rua. Uh The voice would reappear for short intervals afterward and only offer brief bits of advice before disappearing again. "Quote: I have to be very receptive to hear it. It sounds as it as though it's coming from millions of miles away." Dick once said, which is like kind of terrifying. And to be completely honest, it's like, it lays a very like believable landscape for like the path he was going to take. And to be honest, which is really interesting. He wasn't initially interested in writing science fiction. He was interested in science and he went to a newsstand one day and they didn't have like modern science, whatever magazine it was. So he's like, Oh, they don't have that. So I'll just do this one. It was called like science fiction. And he's like, uh, it's like a similar title, and he was just a boy, so he bought it and began reading just it. A boy. He's just a boy, and the boy got hooked on the ride right into the science fiction <laughs> with the robots and the sexy lady and the lizard guy and the and the spaceman with the gun and the asteroid with the uh, with the heat and the <laughs> and the and the food and the tube and the and the and the atmosphere with the no gravity and the and the uh, worm on the planet and the. <laughs> Got any other? Got any other science science fiction tropes?
1: Uh, the rocket
0: ship. Uh, yeah, the rocket with the with the with the crashing on the planet, and the moon to cheese. Anyway, sorry. So while attending college, Philip never declared a major, but instead took a variety of classes from psychology to zoology. And eventually, Philip received an honorable dismissal from Berkeley due to his extreme and increasing anxiety. Damn, Rua, get out of my head! Stop telling me they don't like me. You intrusive. Yeah, that's Rua crazy because
1: you go to any college campus now, and every single one of those kids have got crippling anxiety. Exactly. I don't know how bad is what.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, like, he had a voice in his head. Like, yeah. there's something going on there. Probably they just called it anxiety. He would probably call it like multiple personalities disorder. Um, so although he didn't finish school he did indeed pick up up important information that would become extremely important to him in his work in later years for example he became friends with poet Robert Duncan and linguist Jack Spicer who would give him ideas for the Martian language he would use in his later projects Uh, don't know what that Martian language sounds like like I said I haven't read his books but it's probably pretty good pretty cool With the martians and the and their language. language <laughs> three fingers. give me your best martian david <laughs>
1: This is good. Pretty good. This is what people
0: tune in for. Tune this <laughs> up. Wait. Everybody, roll down your windows for a second and blast this. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's pretty good. For a I minute, I kind of feel like I sounded like Hitler. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> That yell, that like raspy yell. I didn't do. I don't like it. So, also through his studies in philosophy, he believed that existence is based. Okay, this is where we get a little. If you if you if you're on acid right now, be ready. So, also through his studies in philosophy, he believed that existence is based on internal human perception, which does not necessarily correspond to external reality. He described himself as an. A cosmic panentheist believing in the universe only as an extension of God. After reading the work of Plato and pondering the possibilities of metaphysical realms, he came to the conclusion that, in a certain sense, the world is not entirely real and there is no way to confirm whether it is truly there. This question from his early studies persisted as a theme in many of his novels so that's a that's an idea yeah, but 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 here's the but here's here's the next paragraph. Here's how I start this next goddamn paragraph. Dick sold his first story Roug, ROOG in 1951 when he was 22 about a dog who imagined the, that the garbage men who came every Friday morning were stealing valuable food, which the family had carefully stored away in a safe metal container. Now. That just that just goes to show that's guys funny. I mean
1: He he didn't sell his first thing until he was 22. So keep working hard. Okay, I have to tell you, you this. You guys could do it.
0: I'm i have to tell you this. He didn't make like any money in his life. Yeah. Like
1: well, that's how that's I mean people don't get famous until they're fucking dead, you know? Yeah,
0: well this yeah, this is what I was going to say because like I don't want to say he didn't make any money because uh he he was successful in a way. He just didn't have mainstream success. I mean, we'll get into it, but it's really fascinating. But I just love that kind of story. For that, I love Ruge. I kind of want
1: to read yeah. Ruge. Want to hang out with this Ruge fella.
0: He's like, Oh no, oh no, they're taking the box again. They got the rib bone in. Bring the rib bone back to roog. Ro- roo roo roo, Ro-
1: roo-, 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 roo. <laughs>
0: Philip K. Dick's like, I figured it out. I figured out Martian language was nothing. I have dog language figured out.
1: <laughs> the people don't want Martians, they want dogs.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's like he's crawling around on all fours, just <clears throat> <clears throat> peanut butter fucking everywhere. He's
0: got a Kong filled with peanut butter just fucking bouncing it around the house. He's
1: got some flea medicine mixed in there somewhere. He got his head
0: stuck between the banisters of the stairs. <laughs> he drinking out the toilet. Got scared by the vacuum. <laughs> Man, if you really want to put Philip in his place, just bring out the fucking Dyson.
1: <laughs> no, no, Dyson's too quiet. Oh, oh yeah. you're right. What is that the shark. <laughs> the shark?
0: The Dust Devil, (laughs) Yeah, Dust Devil. Screams into the (laughs) night. The fucking Dust Devil. So from then on, he wrote full-time. Even though Philip uh, would become a full-time writer, he would not be recognized as successful for most of his career, struggling with money issues with most of his life. In 1960, Dick wrote that he was willing to listen this willing to take 20 to 30 years to succeed as a literary writer that there's a part of me that goes like that's so cool and there's a part of me that goes that is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard from somebody who wants to be a writer he's like I'll give it yeah. like a uh, 20 30 years I'm like there's no <laughs> pivoting after that man yeah thirty years work at the
1: factory baby I
0: mean there is some pivoting but still it's like god damn man okay that's a commitment so The dream of mainstream success formally died in January 1963, when the Scott Meredith Literary Agency returned all of his unsold mainstream novels. Only one of them, "Confessions of a Crap Artist," was published during Dick's lifetime. So that was his initial batch of books, I guess. You know, because like, yeah, these other books, like you know, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" that did get like published and stuff, but. It wasn't his initial, you know, from nineteen sixty three, his initial uh, group of books or whatever. Okay. So, um, in Philip's lifetime, he was married five different times. But this is where shit gets a little bit more real. So, uh, but Dick's third wife, Anne Williams Rubenstein, was one of the most more notable, as she often would accompany him in violent. Fist fights, hell yeah! So Dick wrote to a friend that he and Anne would hey
1: that the the saying that they were fist fights means that it was like a mutual a mutual
0: battle. Oh yeah, they're going after it. Um, yeah. So Dick wrote to a friend that he and Anne had dreadful, violent fights, slamming each other around, smashing every object in the house. Hmm. <laughs> The toll of being an artist, I guess. <laughs> Sma-
1: smashing everything, including each other. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean?
0: Would've, I mean, he should have been a director. Pull out the cameras. We got a good scene. We're both going to – I love when two people fall down the stairs, like grabbing each other's shoulders. You know, like they kind of like both yeah. go down the stairs. <laughs> or the hair. I'm picturing it as like a fu- really funny – like like she swings a frying pan at him. He ducks and like hits her on the head with like a mallet. And then like yeah. he turns around. She gives him a wedgie and kicks him down the stairs. Like – it's re- it's a really fun time at the Dick household. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but I mean domestic abuse is not.
0: Fun. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> I mean, he had five wives. But so she got the, make, yeah. she got the fuck out of there. She figured it out. Yeah. So in 1963, uh Dick told his neighbors that his wife was attempting to kill him, and I'm guessing he was the catalyst for most of this. Uh yeah. most of these fights that his wife is attempting to kill him and had her involuntarily committed to a psychiatric institution for two weeks. Ooh, at different times. Seriously, that's like the time where like he's like, my wife. like Somebody had like postpartum depression. He's like, she's kooky in the head. I think she's broken. Put her away. And you're like, what? And he's like, didn't you get kicked out of college because you had voices in your head? <laughs> he's like, she's the crazy one. She's Rua. That's who she is. Yep. But, I mean, she obviously got out. So, after filing for divorce in 1964, <laughs> what? Like she, she obviously got out. <laughs> She's out. And
1: this reminds me of uh, one of my favorite parts of uh, the movie Old School. When the dean comes into their house and they're like, Jeez, hey, didn't we put you in a dumpster? And he <laughs> just goes, I got out. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> that's right. I don't know
1: why, but that... That part of that movie has always stuck with me. I just love it.
0: It's always the subtle lines that are the best. Yeah. Um, They cut the deepest. Yeah. So after filing for divorce in 1964, Dick moved to Oakland to live with a (laughs) fan. To live with a fan. To live with a fan, um, author, and editor, uh, Grayana Davis. Shortly after, he attempted suicide by driving off the road (laughs) while she was a passenger. Oh no. Dude, don't go near this dude. Don't go near him. Um I think they were fine. Obviously his life kept going so attempted suicide by driving off the road. That's yeah. the, that's the classic uh that's the classic like meme where it's like and your friends like, "Hey, I just want to let you know I love you guys." And you're like, "Don't talk like that when you're driving the car. You're scared the <laughs> fuck out of me." So in 1971, his fourth wife, Nancy, left him due to his drug abuse. So this is about the time that he that his mental state began to spiral even deeper. And Philip apparently had abused amphetamine for much of the previous decade, uh, stemming in part from his need to maintain a prolific writing regimen due to the financial uh, egg, exid, exigencies. I don't know what that word is. Exigencies. Anyway.
1: You got me. I didn't write it. You did. His...
0: I don't want to Google that word because it's actually pissing me off. It's fucking. So
1: you pissing. didn't, you didn't
0: write this. Are
1: you copy and pasting? No, wh- Mister. I want to be a writer,
0: motherfucker. What do I do when it's somebody's <laughs> life story? I'm like Philip K. Dick walked into a room and said, "I actually wrote all these books," and then he did a handstand and they gave him a thousand dollars. Like, I can't make shit up. Uh, how do you pronounce this? You wait. We're not allowed to make shit up. No <laughs> way. <Wait. laughs> Exigency. Exigency. Didn't know that one. What does it mean? An urgent need or demand. Okay. Exi- so, due to his financial exigency of the science <laughs> fiction field. So, the boy needed some fucking money. So, he took a bunch of fucking meth. Pretty cool. So, uh, he also, oh, also that was like Stephen King's M.O. He was like a big cokehead. He says he doesn't re- oh, yeah. he doesn't remember writing it. Or Cujo, right? Uh, there's a couple of books where like yeah. Stephen King was like on a bender oh, like, for like a good many years where he was just like I guess that shit makes you makes you focus and he was just cranking out books. Dude, yeah, that's
1: that's your answer. You think? You want to make it in this writing industry, buddy. Time to beat that nose up. Oh
0: my god, he just did a pound of cocaine and copy and pasted every Wikipedia. <laughs> every I'm like single <laughs> am one. I a writer now. <laughs> I'm a writer. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I got you. I lost you there for no, a second. No, you're back. You're back. We're good. Alright. You missed me going, I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm I'm obviously high on cocaine. Um yeah. so uh like I said, uh, to keep up with his regimen uh, he allowed other drug users uh, to move into his house as well. Classic drug guy. Following yeah, the re- keep them around you. <laughs> following the release of 21 novels between 1960 and 1970, in 10 years he wrote 21 novels. <laughs> Those were the prime amphetamine years. His poor fingers. Wouldn't that be great if they like released the amphetamine collection? the amphetamine collection by Philip K. Dick, and it's just like Hit after 21 it. fucking books. Here you go. <laughs> You're like, okay, what do I do with this?
1: 21 books in 12 days.
0: And they're all just like you open the pages and it's just screaming. It's all screaming. the so, needle falls out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all hollowed out with drugs in them. Um, so uh, these developments were exacerbated by unprecedented periods of writer's block as well which dick ultimately uh failing to publish new fiction until 1974 so after writing 21 books in 10 years then he went four years without having couldn't he couldn't write anything after that i mean i think it makes sense he, he literally he wrote down every idea he had yeah like i don't really fault him for that one so more and more strangeness began to occur f- uh, from the 70s on One day in November 1971, Dick returned to his home to discover he had been burglarized, with his safe blown open and personal papers missing. Um, The police couldn't determine the culprit and even suspected Dick of having done it himself.
1: It's possible (laughs) when you're on the binge.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, oh, this is 71, so technically he's... He's not in his amphetamine years anymore. I mean, he's still probably dabbling. Let's not kid ourselves. He could
1: have had a slip up.
0: He could have had a stick of dynamite and was like, I'm going to blow this safe to kingdom come. Mm. I like blowing up a safe with a stick of dynamite. That's so cool. Um, Next, Philip would travel to Vancouver's sci-fi convention where he would proclaim his love for a woman named Janice, which he met at the conference over those few days and then told everyone, that he would stay in Vancouver to start his new life with Janice. Uh, I call her Janice. What's her name? Janice. Um, yeah. And as a nice gesture, a local movie critic and fan offered to let Philip stay at his place until he found his own place in Vancouver. But Yo- – what? what
1: fans do we have out there that'll let us just live with you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm curious now. Is that a thing you get? Well if I if I if, if you go to their town and then <laughs> proclaim their your love for a random person there, they might let you stay there until you get on your feet, right? Yeah, Fair enough. Send us a DM if we can live with you. <laughs> just, just for like a year or two. Send us a copy of your key and your gate code. Please, please and thank you. I'll cook pizza I need, rolls. I
1: need the password to your ring. <laughs>
0: I'll cook uh, I'll cook loud food at all hours of the night. The loudest food. I'm going to pop popcorn.
1: I'll start one of those medieval soups that never ends. What are those <laughs> called again? Perpetual stew. Endless
0: soup. Yeah. The endless stew. It's going to keep adding things into it. I'm going to get one of those old popcorn makers where you just like turn. You put it in like a metal thing and then you kind of like turn a crank. It's got the big wheels on it. What? you are they
1: talking about, like, the big things that like, you see at, like, movie theaters? No, and, like, not like a add, cart. Like, a wheel?
0: No, you, you put it on the stove. That's maybe even better. That thing's louder. I've been at that movie theater going off, like, fucking popping out the top, you know? Yeah. So, but, uh, like I said, this person let him move in, and but only after two weeks, he kicked Phil out due to his erratic behavior, which also resulted in Janice dumping his
1: ass. And now he lost two fans.
0: Yeah, he's like, God Damn it, I shouldn't have eaten all that popcorn. Fuck. So on March 23rd, 1972, Dick attempted suicide again by taking an overdose of the sedative potassium bromide, which is used to treat dog epilepsy. I knew that. (laughs) Did you? Oh, my God, you did. (laughs) Which actually makes a lot of sense because he was scared of the vacuum. Yeah. There you go.
1: Phil- no, my boy, he he attacked the vacuum. Uh um, Now the new the little girl, she's oh my god, terrifying. She get we call it the Scooby Doos.
0: Well, I was talking it's, I was talking about Philip K <laughs> Dick was scared of the vacuum, honestly, but No, uh, oh, I was talking
1: about Kuma. I know. He he would attack. No, uh we like to call it Scooby doing is when they do
0: like a burnout. Oh, yes. Of when course. they're running as fast as they can Stay on the road but they don't go anywhere. Of course. Love it. Um Did Kuma take potassium bromide? <laughs> No. Oh. No, they ruled out a ep- it wasn't epilepsy. Oh, okay. So, which is, like I said, used to uh, treat epilepsy in dogs. Subsequently, after deciding to seek help, uh, he survived that, obviously, and he decided to seek help for his addiction, he became a participant in Excalay, um, which apparently is a, dr- a drug rehabilitation cult. I think, like, they're they're stationed in, like, Santa Monica. I, they might still be Sounds a thing.
1: like a- it sounds like a positive cult.
0: I don't think those exist. Yeah, I'm I I mean I, AA in itself is like I'm not shitting on AA cuz but like I didn't know AA was like so heavy in religion. It's it's a Catholic Well they're
1: usually they're usually held in churches, I think, or High school yeah but I thought that's because churches
0: off. you can't say no to people you're like I want to have a birthday party here and they're like yeah we're gonna let you do it because uh you know. really well you know they're supposed to be philanthropic so if you want to have a meeting for people trying to get over addiction I feel like a church is like Yeah, that's probably, like, a really nice thing to do. I didn't know it was, like, AA was so – it's, like, really entrenched in God and Jesus and that that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, So, I don't know. I think anything related to religion, like, has – could result in cult. Whoa. Result in cult. You're treading in in deep
1: water, my friend. No,
0: I'm not. That's not – This is – Literally every, like, religion that we've covered, I mean, every cult that we've covered on here started as, like, a religion, and the person, I'm not saying religion is culty. I'm saying people who abuse power that, like, usually okay. becomes, like, very culty, and they take advantage of people, and they, like, right. you know, they don't let them talk to their family members. I'm not talking about, like, you know, unless your actual religion has those tenets in it. I'm done defending myself. <laughs> Religions, all religions are cults. I backpedaled. I'm, I'm going. All religions are cults. Fuck you guys. Um, yeah, it's official. Fuck put them. On a t-shirt. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> put it on. Put on a t-shirt. Fuck them. Who? <laughs> all of them. Everyone. Um. So, like I said, uh, and he was well enough after leaving Ex-Calais, uh, to go back to California in April. And in October of 1972, Dick wrote a letter to the FBI about science fiction writer Thomas Dish, which announced Dish uh denounced Dish, and suggested that there were coded messages prompted by a covert organization in Dish's novel Camp Concentration. Um, obviously I don't know what that book is about, but we know what the other one is. Um, yeah. So, but uh, apparently I I looked up. I was like. Thomas Dish, I was like, What's who's this guy? And he was like another science fiction writer and he, was he a Nazi. He was like a fan of Philip K. Dick and then like Philip K. Dick read his book and was like, You like you're fucking you have hidden messages and i called the fbi on you and fuck you and i hate you and like and he's like what the fuck and he like was unaware for a while and he was like i'm such a big philip k dick fan and then all of a sudden philip k dick came out i was like you're a fucking nazi spy basically and he's like what and he like wrote a book after philip k dick died where philip k dick was in hell with writer's block and he's like fuck Philip K. Dick and he like hated him after that and he's like I hope he rots in hell and I hope all of his kids get like from his residuals like I hope they all get fucking go poor and I'm like oh my god but he's dead too Never now. meet your heroes. Yeah I get <laughs> this guy I don't know if Philip K. Dick did to this guy but he was really mad so he was a real dick. Yeah you know a real Philip Um, on, on February 20th 1974 while recovering from the side effects of another um opioid. I think sodium pentothal, pentothal, Fuck, that's what it is. Sodium pentothal. Oh, and, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. Administered by Oh, it's like a, he just had it for an uh, impacted wisdom tooth. He had to get it extracted. So it's like a a sedative, a momentary sedative. And while he's yeah. coming recovering from the effects of sodium pentothal, uh Dick received a home delivery of Darvon, which is another opioid. Um, from a young woman, when he opened the door, he was struck by the dark haired girl's beauty and was especially drawn to her golden necklace. So I'm just going to preface this by saying this was some form of hallucination. And okay. Under the Wikipedia, it says paranormal experiences. So cool. Could be a ghost. I don't know, but he was taken by her golden necklace. He asked her about it's curious fish shaped design As she was leaving, she replied, this is a sign used by the early Christians. Dick called the symbol the vesicle Pisces. Um, And Dick recounted that as the sun glinted off the gold pendant, here we go, the reflection caused the generation of a pink beam of light that mesmerized him. He came to believe that the beam imparted wisdom and clairvoyance and also believed it to be intelligent. On one occasion, he was startled by a separate uh, recurrence of the pink beam, like the beam showed up again, which imparted the information that his infant son was ill. The Dicks rushed the child to the hospital where the, where the illness was confirmed by professional diagnosis. He was diagnosed with a uh, right inguinal hernia, which is, I guess, maybe deadly in children okay so it's pretty crazy it's like pretty obviously that it's like cr- pretty obvious that it's like a crazy weird psychosis moment but then at the same time if that's true and he said this beam like passed knowledge on him about his son being sick and the doctor's like actually yeah like he had this like it leaves some questions right yeah pretty weird I mean he was a weird dude already, but like how much is is he connected to something? Okay. He got very religious, like in his later like in his, you know, later years. And we'll go his into it. His golden re- years. Oh no, he died pretty early, honestly. <laughs> he didn't make it. Didn't, to no golden. gold, maybe silver. Um so after the woman's departure, Dick began experiencing strange hallucinations Although initially attributing them to side effects from medication, he himself said there are side effects from medication. He considered this explanation implausible after weeks of continued hallucination. He told Charles Platt, I don't know who that is, I I experienced an invasion of my mind by a transcendentally rational mind, as if I had been insane all my life and suddenly I had become sane. Again, pretty interesting statement yeah, from from a crazy person. So throughout February and March of 1974, Dick experienced a series of hallucinations aside from the pink beam. He described the initial hallucinations as geometric patterns and occasionally brief pictures of Jesus and ancient Rome. As the hallucinations increased in duration and frequency, Dick claimed he began to live two parallel lives, one as himself, Philip K Dick and one is Thomas a Christian persecuted by Romans in the 1st century AD. Okay. Pretty Yeah, it's crazy. Pretty interesting. Right? He kind of uh,
1: I, I mean, I don't want to throw that word around too much. I would say it's interesting.
0: <laughs> that's what I said. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but like it is kind of int- it's it's weird that his whole like idea for book like he kind of was like I'm second Jesus right like yeah, when we boil it down he's like I might be second Jesus or I'm, I mean
1: listen we all think we're second Jesus I'm second <laughs> I'm gonna
0: be third Jesus I call third right yeah okay thank you um, but I don't know like his books are pretty like I don't I, like I said, I haven't read them but I hear people talk about him and they're like prophetic in a way or like very eye-opening and i mean he was really into that i wonder if like if your mind is open to the idea of of you know the subject he wrote about is that what lets in is that what turns your psychosis into believing your second jesus or it was he in fact second jesus so he was very open he was able to communicate whatever he was communicating a lot of questions he's, here, man. I just laid. Just fried my brain, here's the, brother. Here's the thing: I just laid the questions out. You guys answer them. <laughs> so he also wrote letters to the FBI accusing people of being foreign agents of <laughs> of the Warsaw Pact powers, trying to sway Americans' uh, public opinion. And also, he thought he was sometimes possessed by the spirit of the prophet Elijah. Ooh. Anyway, I don't know that. I don't know that guy. I don't know. A, I don't know this fucking Elijah. No guy. one knows that guy. That's why you can pretend That's to be him. Cut. That's fair. <laughs> he walks in with a toothpick and like a fucking cool hat, and he's like, "What's up? It's me, Elijah." They're like, "I don't really know what Elijah is like. This might be Elijah." He's like, hey, "What's up, I'm Elijah?" <laughs> he has a paddle ball. <laughs> he's like, keeps asking Elijah. for his waifu. <laughs> What's up, it's me, Elijah. I can't say he's not Elijah. He doesn't seem like an Elijah, but maybe. Um, So this is kind of wrapping it up, but I thought this was kind of like a sweet moment um, from somebody who – he obviously struggled with his mental health most of his life. Um, Regardless if if you want to say he was, you know, prophetic or he was – you know, possessed by these people or the second coming to Jesus or whatever you want to say, it wasn't easy on him. You know, Raul in his head screaming that the Mets are going to win and to place a $40,000 bet, and he's just got to be like, I don't got the money, Rao. I don't got the money. So he's – the, hey, the Mets don't win, so. Yeah, the Mets, baby, the Mets. <laughs> See, that? but that's why you could make the most money because the Mets don't win. Yeah. So – even Philip was like, you know, I don't really trust your Rao and he's like, Yeah, you gotta do it. I'm Elijah too. So um So just to wrap this up, he 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 struggled with a lot of mental health and he didn't have a lot of money as a result of it. Although he was hailed as a genius in the science fiction world, the mainstream literary world was unappreciative. And, could publish, and he could publish books only through low-paying science fiction publisher, publishers, such as a company called Ace. Even in his later years, he continued to have financial troubles. And in the introduction to the 1980 short story collection, The Golden Man, he wrote this. Several years ago, when I was ill, Heinlein, uh, he's a sci-fi author, and he actually wrote many books, but his most famous is Starship Troopers. hey Yeah. So Heinlein offered his help, anything he could do. And we had never met. He would phone me to cheer me up and see how I was doing. He wanted to buy me an electric typewriter. God bless him. One of the few true gentlemen in this world. I don't agree with his ideas he puts forth in his writing, but... But that is neither here nor there. One time when I owed the IRS a lot of money and couldn't raise it, Heinlein loaned the money to me. I think a great deal of him and his wife. I dedicated a book to them in appreciation. Robert Heinlein is a fine-looking man, very impressive, and very military in stance. You can tell he has a military background even to the haircut. He knows I'm a flipped-out freak, And still he helped me and my wife when we were in trouble. That is the best in humanity there. That is who and what I love. And I thought that was like really sweet. Yeah. He's like, I know I'm a handful. I know I have issues. But like this guy who had some modicum of success saw my work and saw who I was as a writer. And he wanted to help me out even though we had never met before. And I think like those little moments – from somebody who had such a difficult life, regardless of his acclaim now, they probably meant a lot to him, which is yeah, really nice to hear that this guy caught a break every once in a while because yeah, seems like...
1: He, you, get
0: a, you get a lot of fans, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have a lot of friends. Exactly, exactly. And he yeah. didn't even have like a lot of fans while he was alive. It's like Most of the stuff was yep. posthumous. That's what I was saying. And at the age of 53 years old... March 2nd, 1982, Philip K. Dick suffered a stroke in his home and another in the hospital, making him brain dead. Philip was disconnected from life support, cremated, and buried next to his twin sister Jane by his father Joseph. Jane's tombstone had been inscribed with both of their names at the time of her death 53 years earlier. Philip died four months before the release of Blade Runner in 1982. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So it's like, he he said his eyesight was like, he's like, my eyesight's like all weird. And they're like, go to the hospital. He's like, no, I'm fine. And then he had a stroke. They brought him to the hospital. He had another stroke and then he went brain dead. But I just thought it was like hauntingly sweet that his sister, when she died at six weeks old, they put a tombstone for her and for Philip with, so his name was on a tombstone for 53 years. Yeah. With his birth date and a blank space where where his death date was crazy. That's such, that's
1: kind of haunting in its own. That's what I mean. I, but it's so, it's some Edgar Allan Poe.
0: Exactly. But like, it's also so sweet that like he got buried next to his twin sister who didn't get a long life and that like they inscribed that so they would be together in death. And I was like, it's so it's like the most bittersweet thing I've ever heard. Yeah, so very poetic. It, yeah, and then the form dying four months before Blade Runner too. It's like it's it's so sad, but it's so like it's so appropriate for this like this troubled life. I don't know. It just like it does make sense. It's almost like his yeah. life was a book in a way. Yeah. So um, or a story I should say. So that's the story yeah. of Philip K. Dick. Very interesting man. Uh, go watch Blade Runner. I don't think I could watch it tonight because it's already late, but I was going to, but I'll watch Long it tomorrow. Movie. Is it? Yeah. The first one?
1: Pretty sure. Okay,
0: I'll watch it, like, tomorrow probably, but... Yeah. Anyway, that's Philip Gay Dick.
1: Right on. All right. Now, Tobin, how often do you lose things?
0: Uh... I lost my wallet the other day. It was in the car, but I, I couldn't find oh. it for a good minute.
1: Well, imagine you lost your wallet. Oh, I did. And... F- 48 hours later, your wallet shows up. But the wallet is miles away, looks visibly different, and was wearing a new outfit.
0: Explain yourself.
1: <laughs> well, today we are going to talk about the disappearance of Riker Webb.
0: Hmm. Don't know him. Do you know,
1: I have a feeling you've seen the photos. Um,. So this story takes place in my home away from home, Montana, uh, Troy, Montana, to be exact. Uh, Riker Webb was three years old at the time of the accident. He had a wallet? When, no, oh. he, well, he might have.
0: A little Velcro. <laughs> one dollar, yeah. one crisp dollar bill. You remember your first wallet? Yeah, I do, actually. It was Velcro. It. I think it was a yeah. Buzz Lightyear wallet. Ah,
1: I remember mine, mine was like a, you know, like vinyl, they make like those like diner seats out of. Yes. It was like that vinyl and it was, uh, actually wasn't Velcro. It was one of the, like the pop buttons.
0: Oh, the one what that has like a latch on it. Yeah. 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 I
1: know you no, it didn't have a latch. It's just like, just like the simple little, like you click it in. Okay. Like sunglass cases have them on. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm trying to think of something else that would have it on. But I had one of those, and it was the Blue Power
0: Ranger. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good Billy one. Billy
1: was my guy.
0: I, I do think, though, out of all the wallets, the best wallet in my whole existence would have to be the duct tape wallet. That you buy off a guy really? from like elementary school slash middle school slash high school. Okay. You know that guy that makes the duct tape wallet? Oh Yeah, of course. It's trash, but it's so cool at the time.
1: Never had one of those. I think my favorite wallet ever owned was one I bought the first time I went to Montana. And it was like a light leather, simple wallet. But on the outside, it had like an engraving of a grizzly bear.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Very little embossed cool. grizzly.
1: Yeah, it eventually fell apart, but... Well,
0: it's an airport wallet, right? Airport? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I didn't say that, but it was. It
0: was. (laughs) I knew it. I fucking knew it.
1: (laughs) So, Riker Webb was three years old at the time of the accident when uh, the boy was in his front yard playing with his dogs. After some time had passed, his parents went outside to check on him to discover that he was nowhere in sight.
0: Oh, that is horrifying.
1: Yep. Uh, it was immediately called in to the sheriff's department by web by the Webb family's uh, next door neighbor, as the family searched for the boy around 4:53 p.m., saying that the boy had gone missing in the Bull Lake area, just a little south of Troy. It was noted that the house itself was near the mile. Eighteen marker along the Fifty Sixth Highway, or Highway Fifty Six. Uh, the law enforcement team and search and rescue member David Thompson responded to help look for the boy, and uh, they had come to the consensus that the boy had already been missing for at least two hours.
0: Dave Thompson. Now that's the guy that makes the hand, the Wendy's Square hamburger, right?
1: Now he's dead.
0: That's not Dave Thompson.
1: No, this is David Thompson, search and rescue.
0: Who was I thinking of? <laughs> Not Dave Thomas, was it?
1: It was Dave Thomas. It was Dave. no, no, no. Dave d- Thomas is the singer of uh...
0: David. That is like the most common name ever. But no, there's only one Dave Thomas, and that is the Wendy's guy.
1: What's the other one out there? The singer of Third Eye Blind or something?
0: Oh, oh, you're thinking of Rob Thomas from the uh, <laughs> from uh, Matchbox Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> also from Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. He
1: was also in an episode of It's Always Sunny.
0: He was in that? He was in an episode? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. Huh. It was the one where I think Dennis was in the insane asylum.
0: Oh, my God. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Frank. <laughs> Who's in the insane asylum? Frank? No, I think... They unzip me! Dennis. They unzip me!
1: Well, I think they've both been in there... Everyone. It's has genetic. That show, uh, like. <laughs> the search and rescue team deployed uh, ground crews, so like people walking around in the woods, uh, people driving ATVs, several drones, dogs, and a boat unit to search the area because they're next to. What was the.
0: Bullhead Lake? lake?
1: Bull Lake area. Oh. Uh, the next day. So now we, the first day was Saturday. Now we're on Saturday. First day was Friday. Now we're on Saturday. You're the
0: worst investigator I've ever seen.
1: <coughs> we lost the boy bar- Monday you, I or, fr- or Wednesday. We just freeballed this. It would have been better.
0: <laughs> I would have uh, loved to watch you, yeah, fucking uh, uh, off, off the cuff. The kid. I mean,
1: nothing I've really provided has been that crucial.
0: You read, like, highway markers and stuff.
1: It doesn't fucking
0: matter. You did it, didn't you? You kidnapped what? him. How do you know so much about it? Oh.
1: Uh, the next day, two Montana National Guard helicopters took flight to aid in the search for the three-year-old boy. Uh, oh, quickly, I will address a thing that kept coming up for me and confusing the hell out of me, and that is that the boy was was reported to be four years old by the neighbor when they called in, but they were mistaken, and it was corrected later by the family that Riker was three So if anybody like looks this three
0: and three quarters,
1: sure. (laughs) Uh, I just kept confusing me because I was like, "What? How old is this goddamn kid?" And then I found a thing saying that that was the situation.
0: Um, Um, But
1: when you're that age, it's all the same, right?
0: I was gonna make like a really morbid joke.
1: Yeah. And not too many jokes to be made with the story because it's dealing with a three year old.
0: Yeah, that's why I was like, I should probably I'm like. It doesn't really. I'm joking. So, um, but shelf it. What uh, what year was this?
1: Oh boy, I think this was like a year or two ago.
0: Okay, I think I know what story you're talking about then.
1: Yeah, uh, I think along I saw with some the picks. national. Yes, the picks are pretty famous. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, then I can make along the joke. with.
0: What? Then I can make the joke.
1: Okay. Right? You guys save it for later when I talk about the pics? Nah, I
0: probably shouldn't say the joke. I'm not going to say it. Okay. Then do will say it. Okay.
1: Uh, along with the National Guard, other Montana law enforcement's like the Flathead County branch sent help with uh, more drones and uh, officers with search dogs. Now, one element that made this search not just difficult but terrifying was the weather. During his... uh. Hours missing the area experienced heavy rain and thunderstorms that mixed with the dense vegetation of the area made for a terrible situation. I literally uh,
0: can't even imagine walking through the Montana wilderness in the pitch black with a thunderstorm yes. and rain as a three year 4 three year old. Yeah. Holy well, there's shit. also
1: another factor um, and that would be the wildlife. Oh, yeah. Montana is known for its dangerous nature, including things like, uh, grizzly bears, mountain lions, and wolves, uh, which no three-year-old would ever stand a chance against. Less, you know, even the biggest, strongest person in the world could not take on those three. Speak for yourself. Barehanded, at least. Uh, a red alert was sent out to everyone in town to search their homes and anything on their property, that a small child could hide in. You got
0: anything that looks like a four-year-old over there? Any <laughs> weird plants standing in your front yard that don't look like a plant? And now we got a three-year-old, though. We have a big daisy, a big sunflower, not daisy, a big sunflower in the front yard that's been crying for two days and I can't figure out what I've done wrong. Did I water it too much? That's a child. <laughs> I thought the
1: storm would take care of it. Ned, that's uh... a
0: child, Ned. <laughs>
1: They also put out a missings person uh, report that was sent out nationwide and probably parts of Canada as well. Uh, this is just me assuming since the state is bordering Canada.
0: Damn, that kid is a straight-up illegal immigrant. It's possible. Send him back. Uh,
1: <laughs> after the boy had gone missing on Friday, the police received a call on Sunday that the boy had been found. Woo! So he was gone for 48 hours. 48? Uh, 48. Shit. Deputies responded to a call from Pine Ridge Road off of Fork Bowl River Road in the Sanders County. Uh, according to the people who found him, he was very scared but happy to have been found. Uh, the boy was hungry, thirsty, and cold, but overall he was going to be okay. Uh, Riker Webb was found. But this is where the story gets a little bizarre, or maybe even strange. I
0: don't. Whoa! I don't know anything the past. Name. I don't know anything past the fact that he was found. Do you think that his parents are gonna make him become a marine now? Probably. <laughs>
1: um Carry the. Fuck. You don't have to take no tests.
0: Y'all lay down on the beach. We gonna put a log on your chest, and the wave gonna wash over your teeth. You can't feel no more. Um, so Riker.
1: like I said, this is where it gets kind of crazy, What's his is name, uh Riker? the boy was Riker. Riker. The boy was found two point three miles away from his home. So it's pretty far for a three year old to walk. Uh, um I could walk he was that was hiding... a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the boy was hiding in a log cabin shed what? underneath yeah, so it was like it was like a like a shed that was like a log, log cabin esque kind of vibe.
0: Okay. Was it connected to a house? I should No,
1: like, it was separate from the house.
0: But like it was near a house.
1: Yes. Those lazy it was like in the backyard. Fucks? Well that's what's I'll
0: I'll get back okay, to Okay, yeah, it. sorry. Um, I don't want to preemptive uh, any of this.
1: He was hiding under a lawnmower bag to keep warm. <laughs> So, you know, that big old nutsack on the back of lawnmowers that fill, that fills up with grass. Well, I thought
0: you were going to say he was hiding under a lawnmower. I'm like, Riker, not the spot, buddy. <laughs> it's like a cat sleeping on top of the engine. Like, don't, no, that's the who Like, they turn that bitch on, and all of a sudden, Riker is, uh. He's chopped up into a bunch of little pieces. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know how else uh... to word it.
1: Yeah, the, so the boy was dirty, had bruises on his face, and was in a pair of tattered and torn pajamas. It's like a onesie, right? That, yeah, a onesie that the family did not recognize. Oh, so it wasn't shut
0: theirs. the fuck up. Yeah. Wait.
1: What? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't his clothes.
0: That's... Horribly haunting and disturbing. I had no idea about that. Uh,
1: The pajamas might not be the only thing the parents did not recognize, but Riker himself.
0: Shut the fuck up.
1: The photos of the child from before the disappearance to when he was found are hauntingly different. Uh, They honestly, to me, do not look like the same kid at all. Uh, From the widths of his eyes, to the color of his hair, the shape of his head, the shape of his nose, and the size of his like mouth, uh, they, it all looks off. Simi- similar but looks off. Uh, I will post on Instagram. So if you're too lazy to Google Riker Web on your own, uh, David's you like you can look at there. <laughs>
0: David's got me strapped to a chair and he's like, "Look at his big toes! Hurry, look at this guy's. Big, look at his big toe!" And I'm Just, like, "Please let me go." He's like, "No, they're not the same toes." They're not. He just looks different. That's all I'm saying. Uh,
1: the police questioned the three-year-old yeah, about what him. happened. Quiz him.
0: That's, a, that's how you figure out and, how fucking quiz him.
1: And as anyone who has spent time with a three-year-old knows, uh, not a lot was really discovered when they questioned him. Uh, the police do believe that Riker was never in contact with another person, saying that, you know, no one took him, but who can honestly say? And uh, within my deep dive investigation, I found a TikTok from who I'd guess is Riker's older brother, Caden, because the username was like Caden Webb or whatever, mm-hmm. where Caden says to Riker, People keep asking what happened. Do you remember when you got lost? And Riker responds, saying, I saw a house in the woods, someone lived in the house but most of what he says is like kind of mumbles. Like you cannot tell what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Those are the only things you can really understand clearly. So you don't really know what he's trying to say. Um, And there's still just a lot of questions surrounding the story. And uh, it's easy to say that the photo shown could have been like a greater time apart from when this actually happened. So like, I don't know because typically when you look this up, there's two photos of him being found and a photo of him like smiling at a park or something. And what I'm trying to say is like, who knows how long ago that photo at the park was compared to when he was found. But when you look at those two photos next to each other, like it just does not look like the same kid
0: at all. So here's my Uh, here's my question, though. Yeah, he had red hair, correct? Yeah, where the hell are you gonna find two redheads in Montana that three years old? That's a dime a dozen.
1: That's a good point, but you know, the, even the hair color is just off too. Really?
0: Shell shock. Yeah, did that to their gray now. <laughs> the old photo hair. is
1: the old photo is much more like traditional redhead, mm. darker, and then the the photo of him when he was found is like more of a strawberry blondish red.
0: You think he got like um? Fucking ust Jordan Peele's I don't know. Ust.
1: The fact that this is a small child, like, I don't really want to, like, jump into, like,
0: yeah, yeah, like, probably weird shit like that. Yeah, I won't say that he got chopped up underneath a blah mower. I won't say it. I won't say it. You can't force me to say it. I won't say it.
1: And you know, you can also bring up the fact that. You could just say the boy simply got lost, and the sheer shock of everything going on with fear, dehydration, anxiety could make a a photo look, you know, like he's kind of got the shell shock eyes that you see from oh yeah those photos of like World War like one soldiers mm-hmm. and shit like that yeah um but just just the fact that the distance he traveled and the weather conditions and the change of clothes it just it just feels off to me hmm. doesn't seem right um but to wrap this up all i'm going to say is that i'm glad the boys home and safe and i hope it's just one of those weird situations that it was just a bad photo Maybe one, what? Just one of them needs to be a bad photo for me to say like, oh, okay, yeah, it was just a bad photo. I just love that. But link. my God, the two, the two photos are just so drastically different. It's
0: just so funny because it's like you want to be, you don't want to be like the Alex Jones, who's like, you know, Alex Jones yeah. is like took it to a level of one thousand where like he was like denying that like children were murdered, and Dave was just like. Like, it's kind of like a fun conspiracy theory, but it's also like people take shit too far. Like, for us, it's fun, and you just go, Oh, that's kind of interesting. How kooky, and how. And then there's people who go, They work with Epstein. You guys run a child ring. And then they like, they find the family and they send them death threats, and they're like, Bring back the real Caden. Yeah. And, and that's what, like, that's why you have to pre- preface it by being like, I hope it's just a bad photo. Cause, like, we say yeah. this shit on here, and then we have to be like, this is all good and fun. We're not. We don't actually fully believe this. And if we do believe it in any sense, it's a. F- it's for fun. It's not for. Yeah. Cracking a case and being like, "We need to solve this." It's more of like, "Ooh, how," you know, Avril Levine died, and this is actually well, her that's twin. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> or fake first. Um, my, when you were originally, uh, telling it, I thought you were going to go into not that it's a different child. I thought you were going to say he got kidnapped and somebody Whoop. put him in uh, like new pajamas. And then when they found out that like everybody was looking for him, I don't know what they would think would happen if a three-year-old went missing, but maybe they panicked and then just dumped him off in the forest. And then they're like, run back to your family, you know what I mean? Or something like that. So like the kid would be found in the, and people would just be like, Oh, he went missing in the woods. Not, I got well, kidnapped.
1: Absolutely a possibility. I mean, the kid's so young that like a lot of that stuff isn't going to be remembered
0: yeah exactly that's the thing too where like a three-year-old will be like uh, there's a man in a house but my favorite theory is that an old man like an 80 year old man walked out of his house saw him standing there in like tattered clothes and he's like you need new clothes and the boy's like yeah and he's like, here you go, and like gave him like yeah, a I, tiny one. He's like, and just went back. Inside. He's like, this is my nephew. He's like, best be getting on, and like walked back yeah. into his house. <laughs> like didn't understand. You just never know it. That could have happened. <laughs> it could have happened. Like he doesn't understand the gravity of the situation because he's just like so disconnected. And he's like, oh, I just met. But a. I, I just he goes back I and tells his don't... wife, I just met a nice man in the backyard. <laughs> gave him. God, a small gentleman. Gave him some of Tanner's old clothes.
1: Uh, but I just also don't get, like, why he would go hide in someone's shed. Like, why wouldn't he just go to their house if it's, like, right there? You uh,
0: know? There's also, like – But it's a three-year-old. Yeah, it's, so. it's a stranger danger aspect where you're, like, you're so lost and scared that you're just, like, an, another adult is not my mom or dad. And yeah. they're not using logic. Like, if I get an adult, no. they will call the police. They're just like, "I'm scared. I'm scared of everybody and everything. I want to be in a place where I'm not surrounded by anybody that can harm me, because a human can harm him. So he's probably like, I don't know, maybe thinking that too.
1: Have you have you seen the the two photos? I've seen. That are compared? I've
0: seen the photo of him sitting in the back of the ambulance with like the okay. dirt around his just, eyes. And he looks just crazy. Google
1: his name real quick. Just name? Google his name. Go. Riker Webb. How do you spell Riker? R-Y-K-E-R-W-E-B-B. I
0: I did not spell Riker like that. Riker Webb. Okay. um,
1: Go Google images. It'll pop up.
0: Oh.
1: You see the side-by-side?
0: Yes. I see what you mean. Why do they only have two photos of him?
1: Yeah, that's also kind of weird.
0: No, that's definitely him
1: you think so look
0: at those eyes
1: the eyes are completely different spots though
0: he's smiling in one and he's like really what do you mean different spots you see they're
1: closer together the bridge of his nose is way wider in the younger in the the older photo uh
0: does he have a tattoo that we can cross reference
1: (laughs) (laughs) where's this hatchet man tattoo
0: (laughs) oh i see can you ask him if he remembers what happened is he in like the hoodie and the sneakers yeah yeah no that looks like him i i i see where the the hair
1: colors differ i
0: see where the conspiracy can pop up but also like this picture looks like he's two years old and this person this picture looks like he's like almost four
1: see that that was my big thing was like i'm i'm just hopeful that he aged the yeah i'm hoping that it's those photos aren't close to each other
0: Hmm. i got another picture of Riker right here oh my god he He crawled under the lawnmower. Oh my God! Is that Riker? (laughs) I'm just joking. Oh my
1: God! Wait, he plays for the Los Angeles Lakers now.
0: (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, I I can see the the conspiracy theory, but I, I, you know, I think it's him. Who else? Yeah. Where else you gonna find a redhead four year old with that amount of time? Two days? I get you one in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Two days impossible. Two days FedEx can't even ship them that quick. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I keep doing like this Southern accent today. I'm like, It's an
1: easy go-to. Yeah. It's
0: funny when you say something stupid. You can blame it on that guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, is that it? Yeah. That's it. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. Uh, we love telling the stories, and we love when you stick around and listen. If you guys want any more information, go to Camp Strange Podcast on Instagram. And you could click the link in bio and find the link to our merch. You can send us something, either DM or email at campstrangepodcast at gmail.com. And please rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend if you can. Uh, if they want to know about Philip K. Dick or a, a, a imposter toddler, um, you know, tell them to listen to this. They'll love it. They'll love it when I say the four-year-old crawled underneath <laughs> I almost called it a vacuum. He didn't crawl in the vacuum. He crawled crawl in the lawnmower. It's great. You think underneath the lawnmower bag is warm? No. That's got to be pretty warm.
1: I don't think it is. Interesting. I mean, it's warmer than nothing, but like, I don't think it's. My thoughts are winning.
0: I need to crawl under it. I feel like the guy in The Happening who lays on the grass as that lawnmower runs him over. Chances
1: are it's damp, too.
0: Oh, it's damp. Who don't love the smell of fresh-cut grass? big wet bag um anyway but uh thank you guys so much again um before we head out david do you have anything to say
1: uh hit the nene before you get a
0: whooping Pff, heard him Riker. heard him and don't forget to stay strange